Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Well, Christmas is a time of faith, right? I'll give you an example. What are we, seven services in now? Seven services, okay. So all seven services, I've heard Leah Weens up on the stage here say the following. The cookies are incredible. You want to know how many cookies Leah Weens has eaten throughout the course of these seven services? Zero, okay? So that's faith. In faith, she's believing that the cookies are incredible. They may or may not be. She really has no idea. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Okay, so let's get this over with. Big debate going on. Is it a chipmunk? Is it a squirrel? So we'll just take a vote. We'll take a vote. Okay, if you're a well-thought studier of nature and you think it's a squirrel, just put your hands up right now. 350, okay, okay. Uh, chipmunk, hand up for chipmunk. Man, I admire, I admire the courage of both of you. That's well done, well done. Okay, so squirrel has won by a landslide. Again. Again. Hey, so whether you're watching online or in person right now, whether you're here for the first time or the 400th, from me to you, from the Manus family to you, from the Southside family to you, I was going to say, I wish you a Merry Christmas, but I'm going to do you one better. I've been praying for you. And I believe that you are going to have a Merry Christmas in the truest sense of the word. And I think tonight is going to help. Christmas is different, though. It's just different. There's something about Christmas like... You hang out with people at Christmas that you would never spend time with at any other time of the year, right? Like tomorrow, you're going to have dinner, and at that dinner, crazy cousin Eddie is going to show up. (laughs) Uncle Fred and Aunt Roberta. And you know that it's not going to end well. You know that. Like the only question is, what time will the police show up this year? And yet you are going to go. Even though if it was any other time of the year, you would not be caught within a one-kilometer radius of cousin Eddie. Now, some of you are looking at me right now going, I don't know what you mean, Mike. Like, there's no one like that at my gatherings. It's you, man. (laughs) Welcome to Southside, Cousin Eddie. Welcome to Southside. (laughs) Christmas is different, though. We we eat food at Christmas that we don't eat at other times of the year. Like, the other day, I I walked out of my office, and someone left this little box right outside my office. I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? And so, actually, I went right back in my office because I wanted to see what was in it. And what was in it was just a bunch of Christmas cookies. It was a variety, but the main ones were like shortbread cookie with a little red thingy on top. I think that's the technical term, okay? And I'm a pastor and a good Christian. So this is what I did. I put that box back down on my desk, and I said, I will bring that home, and I will share it with my family. Okay, so I left it on my desk for about a minute and a half, and then I thought to myself, as a pastor and as a good Christian, the least that I can do is like try one of these cookies, Okay? Not ask my family to go on faith, as a certain unknown piano player has continually done. I'm going to try one, just so that my family isn't devastated and disappointed when they actually crack open the box. So I had one of those cookies, and then I ate the whole box, okay, in about two and a half minutes. And when I was done eating the box, I googled, what's the little red thing on top of the shortbread cookie? Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's a maraschino cherry. I never knew that. But here's the thing. In my entire life, never once have I ever said to myself, Ah, you know what I really feel like? I just really feel like a maraschino cherry. But you put one of them on top of a shortbread cookie at Christmas, 
I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in. Christmas is different. We listen to music at Christmas that we don't listen to at other times of the year. And there's one song that I've been thinking about a lot over the last two weeks. It says this, it's the most wonderful time of the year. What a, what a neat song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And every time I hear that song, every time I hear that title, there's one question that goes through my mind. And here's the question, what if it's not? Like we so glibly sing this song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But what if it's not? Like it's December of 2021, right? So the truth is, in our world today, no, no, let's get more specific. Watching online right now, in this building right now, countless people are feeling lost, lonely, overwhelmed, anxious, and discouraged. What about them? Is it the most wonderful time of the year for them? And I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think I came to this realization. That's the point. That's the point. That Christmas is actually for the lost and the lonely, the anxious and the overwhelmed and the discouraged. I would go as far as to say this. It is the most wonderful time of the year, especially, especially, especially when it's not. I think that's the point. And so I was thinking about that phrase, and I sat down and I wrote a story, and I feel like I was supposed to share it with you tonight. And what I hope that the story does is it illustrates that this is the most wonderful time of the year, especially if it's not, in a way that you will remember. So the Sanderson house was hectic as Ben and Lisa tried to get the family ready to go to church. Now, for their youngest two, Caleb, who was 13, and Paige, who was 10, church is old hat. They go to church every single week with their parents. But today is different. First of all, because it's Christmas Eve, and second, their big brother Joel is coming to church. See, Joel's 18. He's fresh out of high school, and it has been a long, long time since Joel darkened the door of a church. His parents stopped trying to make him go years ago. It's just not worth the fight, you know? But this year, Ben and Lisa said, new rule, new rule. Everybody in the family comes to church at Christmas. No exceptions, non-negotiable. And Ben was serious. Joel figured that out last Friday night. He was on his way out the back door to go meet some buddies, and Ben stood in front of him. And I guess Ben and Joel had a father-son talk for the first time in a year. Without even looking at his son, Ben just said this. You want to live under this roof? You come to church at Christmas. So that was that, I guess. So now it's Christmas Eve and it's time to go. So Ben bangs on Joel's door. We're leaving in 30 seconds. Joel calls out, I'll just take my own car. Ben hesitates. And then he walks away and Joel can hear Paige and Caleb say, can we go with Joel? We want to go with Joel. Ben's like, no, we're going to be late. They head out the door and... Joel's mom, Lisa, calls, hey, Joel, we'll save a seat for you, and they do. Joel jumps in his car. Is he going to church? Maybe. He starts driving, and he starts to think of all the reasons why he hates the idea of walking through the door of that church. You just feel like a complete fraud. 
See, the thing the family doesn't know is the family doesn't know what Joel's been up to. It started years and years ago with a desire to fit in. But after he fit in, I don't know, there was girls to be with, there was parties to go to. What do they say? Places to go and people to see. And one thing led to another, to another, to another, and another. And now for Joel, well, let's put it this way. Church, church, is for shiny, happy, well-behaved people. Shiny, happy, well-behaved people go to church, and that right now is not Joel. So he slows down, but instead of turning into the parking lot, he keeps driving. He's got a couple of buddies hanging out in their basement. He goes to hang out with them instead. A couple minutes later, he gets a text from his mom. says, Joel, the service has already started, but that's okay. We saved a seat right on the edge of the row for you. You can slip right in. About an hour after that, he gets a text from his dad. Text from his dad says this, don't bother coming home. So that's it. He made his choice. He crashes in that basement that night. The next morning, all his buddies are going out to hang out with their families. Joel goes to a movie by himself, and then he goes to Denny's. He goes to Denny's and he gets turkey and cranberries, mashed potatoes and stuffing. But it, just as he was about to walk out of the restaurant, he gets a text. The text is from his mom. It says, Joel, are you okay? Where are you? Joel answers, I'm fine, Mom. Merry Christmas. Joel, where are you? He puts his phone in his pocket and he walks out of the restaurant. It's amazing how time flies, isn't it? Because a day becomes a week and Joel is moving from couch to couch, from house to house. But it's amazing how time flies because pretty soon a week becomes a month and now Joel is officially not going home. But it's amazing how time flies because pretty soon a month becomes a year. And every single day of that year, Joel gets a text from his mom. And quite often he'll get one from Caleb and from Paige too. Hey Joel, can you come to my game? Can you come to the recital? Hey Joel, it's my birthday, can you come over? And every single time Joel has a reason, Joel has an excuse, he just can't make it today. And then another text from his mom. Joel, I love you. I'm, I miss you. Where are you? Love you too, mom. Joel, where are you? I want to come see you. He puts his phone in his pocket. Not yet. Maybe later. But it's amazing how time flies, isn't it? Because pretty soon a year becomes years. Joel moves out of the area. He gets his own place, roommates come and go. His career's going well. Like if money is the measuring stick, he's making lots. <laughs> like lots and lots, which is a good thing because he's spending lots. He's 27 years old now, so partying is serious business and it costs a lot of money. But for Joel, he gets whatever he wants. But he's been wondering lately why it is that he doesn't seem to want anything he gets. He's been wondering lately why it is that someone with such a full life can feel so empty. He's been wondering lately why somebody who is so clearly winning can feel so incredibly lost. Women come and go. Joel has never had any problem attracting girls. But keeping them or staying interested himself, well, that's another matter. And lately, Joel's been wondering how it is that somebody who is surrounded by so many beautiful people can feel so profoundly lonely. Well, now it's December 23rd. Joel's walking out of the office on his way 
to his car, and he is stoked. Four days off coming up. He has worked so hard all year. He's earned this. It's going to be amazing. He's walking out to his car. His phone buzzes in his pocket. He pulls it out, and he looks at it. It's amazing, isn't it? Time flies sometimes, and then sometimes time stands still because Joel looks at his phone, and the text is from his dad. You're kidding me, right? Nine years later? No. He puts his phone in his pocket. He walks to his car. He throws his phone on the passenger seat. He's not even going to read it. Five minutes down the road, he picks his phone up. He reads the text. Joel, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please come home. It's a little late now, dude. Nine years later, the last text that he sent me said, don't bother coming home. What a joke. He throws his phone on the floor. He keeps driving. He gets to his house. There's a party at Joel's house. That, there's almost always a party at Joel's house, but he doesn't feel like it tonight. He keeps driving. He parks his car. He starts walking. He walks, and he walks, and he walks. And as he's walking, all of a sudden, there's this story that comes to him. It's a story that I think someone told him in Sunday school years and years and years ago. It's a real simple story. It's a story about this good shepherd. And, and this shepherd has a hundred sheep. A hundred sheep. And, and, and one of those sheep, it just, it just goes missing. It's so weird, you know, in the story, you wonder, why did that one sheep go missing? <laughs> Is it a stupid sheep? Is it a rebellious sheep? Did the sheep get lured away? It's almost like it doesn't really matter why the sheep went missing. That's not the point. The sheep is lost. But what's crazy about this story is, you know what the shepherd does? He has 100 sheep. Well, he still has 99 sheep now. You know what he does? He takes the 99 sheep, he puts them in the pasture, and he goes looking for that one lost sheep. The shepherd, he heads out into the wilderness, and he puts himself in harm's way, and he looks, and he looks, and he looks, until he finds that one lost. Why is this sheep lost? Is it the sheep's own fault? Was he a stupid sheep? What? It doesn't really matter. The sheep is lost. And the story says that when the shepherd finds this lost sheep, he bends down, he picks the sheep up, he puts the sheep on his shoulders, and he carries the sheep home. He carries the sheep home. So Joel keeps walking. He walks, and he walks, and he looks up at the stars in the sky, and he thinks of this other story about the time that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and the angels showed up to announce it, shining like stars, and the angels said, I'll bring you good news, a great joy that'll be for all the people. Well, Joel keeps walking. You know, he didn't sleep at all that night. The next day, it's December 24th. He goes to Denny's nine years in a row. The tradition continues. He goes to Denny's, turkey, cranberries, mashed potato, and stuffing. And he sits there in that booth, and he can't stop thinking about the story of that shepherd. And that one lost sheep. And how that shepherd put himself in harm's way, and he looked, and he looked, and he looked, and he found that sheep. Joel gets up, he walks to his car, he drives for three and a half hours. He drives back to his hometown. He pulls up to that church that he drove past nine years earlier. 
the service has already started, but Joel slips in the back. He sits down and he starts to scan the crowd. He's wondering if maybe his family will be there. And then partway through, he thinks, why would they? It's been nine years. I have no idea. And just about the time he's ready to give up, he catches movement. About seven rows up to his right. See, someone else is scanning the crowd that night, too. It's his mom. Nine years later, and she still hasn't stopped hoping. Their eyes meet. Her eyes get real wide. She bumps Joel's dad. Joel's dad whips his head around. As soon as he sees Joel, all in one motion, he stands up. The service is going. He's up. He's walking to the edge of the row, and Joel looks, and his dad looks older. He looks older, but he looks softer, too. He's got a smile on his face. Well, now, Paige and Caleb, they stood up. Joel can't believe how big they've become, and now his mom's up. So, so, so by this time, everyone in the entire church is staring at the Sanderson family. The pastor has stopped speaking, but none of the family seems to care. His dad gets to Joel first. He picks him up, and he hugs him real tight, and he says, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. It's funny. No one in the family really remembers anything that was said in that service. I think it ended with O Holy Night. <laughs> but they all remember what happened after. They all got in their cars. This time Paige and Caleb got to go with Joel, and they drove home. And they had a party that night, a party that none of them would ever forget as long as they lived. And I was thinking about that party. And it reminded me that at the exact same moment that they were having their party, there was another party going on. And for me to explain that, I'm going to have to go back about 2,000 years. Bear with me. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. That little baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, that's God's peace. Peace. Peace to a world that desperately needs it. Peace to the world in December of 2021. Peace to a world full of anxiety and worry and stress and fear. Peace at just the right time. That little baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, that's God's favor. That's God's favor to a world that desperately needs it. God's favor to the world in December of 2021. God's favor to a world full of enmity and strife and division and anger and hatred at just the right time, God's favor. But that little baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, he grew up and Jesus preached and he healed people and he performed miracles and, and he taught people about the love and the mercy and grace of God. And one of the ways that he taught people about the love of God was Jesus told stories. And one of the stories that he told is the same story that came to Joel when he was walking that night. It goes like this. There once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs. 
But one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. With exuberant joy, he raised it up, placed it on his shoulders, and carried it back with cheerful delight. Returning home, he called all his friends and neighbors together and said, Let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it, and I brought it home. Jesus continued, In the same way, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents, comes back home, and returns to the fold. More so than for all the righteous people who never strayed away. It's so amazing to think that the same angels that showed up to announce the birth of Jesus were sitting on the edge of their seats as Joel drove up to that little church, holding their breath as he slid into that back row. And when the Sanderson family went home to celebrate, there was a party in heaven. See, that little baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, that's God's peace. That's God's favor. And that little baby grew up And Jesus preached and he healed and he performed miracles and he taught people about the love of God. And then that same Jesus died on a cross and rose again. That same Jesus died on a cross and rose again. And we can't miss this. Christmas 2021, this is what that means. That little baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, he came to be the good shepherd. Oh, who are you? See, that's really the question. You know who you are? You're the one he left the 99 for. That's who you are. See, when Jesus died on that cross, he's just like the good shepherd. He put himself in harm's way. He went into the wilderness. That is this world. See, here's the truth. At some point, this world is beautiful, but it's also ugly. This world can be easy, but it's also so difficult. And there's darkness, and and there's decay, and there's death. And Jesus took on the worst that this world has to offer. Because at some point of your life, at some point in my life, spiritually speaking, we're lost. We're shivering, we're frightened, and we're alone. How did we get there? It doesn't matter. That's not the point. When Jesus died, he said, I don't know how low you've gone, I don't know how low you feel you are, but I will go down as far as I have to go, and he picked you up. And then he rose again, and when he rose again, this is what it means, he's put you on his shoulders, and he's gonna carry you home. Who is he? Oh, he's the good shepherd. Who are you? Oh, that's easy. You're the one he left the 99 for. And he has a really, really simple message for you tonight. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. Spiritually speaking, I don't know exactly what home is for you, but I can guess. Maybe somewhere along the line you feel like you wandered off track. How did you get there? It actually doesn't really matter. It might be your fault. might not be. But somewhere along the line, you wandered off track. And you said to yourself, man, I'm going to get things straightened out. But time flies sometimes, right? And a day becomes a week, and a week becomes a month, and a month becomes a year, and a year becomes years. And now maybe you're sitting at this point where you're like, oh, man, I'm way too far off track. What? 
way too far off track. No, 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 no. Oh, I haven't said this yet. Here's what I need to tell you. You know who he is? He's the good shepherd. Did I not mention that? He's the good shepherd. You're not off track. No, you're not off track. You're exactly, exactly where you were meant to be. Whether you're watching online, whether you're here in person, you're exactly through the twists and turns and the ups and downs. You are exactly where you were meant to be, to meet with him right here and right now. See, I don't know exactly why you think you're here. Maybe you're here because you had a persistent Southsider that kept inviting you and inviting you and inviting you to watch online or be here in person. Maybe they bribed you with a box of pot of gold chocolates. What a terrible bribe, by the way. <laughs> Does anybody here like pot of gold chocolates? Hands up. The same people who thought it was a chipmunk. Okay, I got it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I like the square ones. That's it. Maybe a, maybe a Southsider kidnapped you you know, threw you in their trunk and, and you're here against your will. I'm really sorry, but I, I am glad you're here. Okay, but, but here's the point. Whatever reason you think you're here for, this is all part of his plan. You're not off track. Did I not mention? Oh, I should tell you, he's the good shepherd. And he would pay any price and bear any burden. You're exactly, exactly where you were meant to be right here and right now. Because who are you? Oh, you're the one he left the 99 for. You're the one he left the 99 for. You say, I don't know, Mike. This whole Jesus thing, you know, this whole church thing is for shiny, happy, well-behaved people, and that ain't me. Oh, okay, so here's the thing. Church is not for shiny, happy, well-behaved people. If church was only for shiny, happy, well-behaved people, no offense, this place would be empty. This stage would most certainly be empty. Oh, okay, well, maybe Leah would still be there, okay? She needs to get over the whole cookie thing, but other than that. How did I end up lost? Doesn't matter. It's never mentioned, because it's not important. The point is, here I am. Just as I am, the Good Shepherd says, it's time to come home. Maybe you're somebody who's winning in life. Everything is going really, really well, but lately you've been wondering, how can somebody with such a full life feel so empty? Let me help you with that. See, all this stuff on the outside, all this stuff of the world, it's great. Man, I love it. You got lots of money? That's so cool. You got a great house? Awesome. Nice car? Corner office? Uh, uh, a championship medal? Love it all. Really, really, really good. Here's the problem with you. Some people say you're shallow. You are not shallow. You're really deep. You know that? You're a soul. You're a soul. You're a soul. And for you to actually be fulfilled, it goes way deeper than stuff out here. Make sense? So for you to really find contentment and really find fulfillment, you need spiritual contentment. You need spiritual fulfillment, and that comes through Jesus. Who is he? Oh, he's the good shepherd. Who are you? You're the one he left the 99 for. And he's got a real simple message for you tonight. It's time to come home. Maybe you got this image that you've crafted. Tough, strong, and fearless. Tough, strong, and fearless. Tough, strong, and fearless. I get it. I'm impressed. That's a great image. I mean, I remember a time in my life when I crafted that image to a T. Tough, strong, and fearless. And I don't know about you, but what I found is that the harder I worked on that image, the, the more scared and helpless I felt on the inside. Right? Because it's that same thing. It's like nothing out here 
can, can fix what's deep down inside this insecurity and this fear inside of me. But there was this time in my life when I was just striving and striving and striving to craft this image, and the harder I tried, the more helpless I felt until I came to the end of myself. In the middle of the night, in the middle of January, in the middle of Red Deer, Alberta, walking up the south hill of Red Deer, Alberta, I came to the end of myself, and then I found Jesus. No, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. He found me. He found me on the south hill of Red Deer that night, exactly, exactly through the twists and turns of life, exactly where I was meant to be. Who is he? Oh, he's the good shepherd. Who am I? I'm the one he left the 99 for. Who are you? You're the one he left the 99 for, and he's got a message for you tonight. It's time to come home. Or maybe you've been just feeling profoundly lonely. You've been shocked lately at how you can be surrounded by so many amazing people and yet feel lonely. Or maybe the truth is you're not surrounded by people. You feel completely alone. You feel overlooked. You feel like nobody knows, nobody loves you, nobody cares. Maybe even lately you've been feeling like a lost cause. And I've been thinking about that little, those two words a lot lately. Lost cause. Lost cause. Can I suggest to you, you are neither. You are not lost and you are not a cause. You're not lost. Did I tell you who he is? He's the good shepherd. You're exactly where you were meant to be, right here and right now. He wants to meet with you. Oh, and you're not a cause. You are so loved. You are so important. You're the one he left. He left, he left the 99 for you. And he's got a real simple message for you tonight. It's time to come home. See, I don't know who you are or where you've been or what you've done. I don't know how you got here. I don't. I don't know what your image is, but it doesn't really matter. Here's the point. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, stepped into human history. He put himself in harm's way to reach you wherever you are, and what he wants to pull you out of, he wants to pull you out of the muck and the mire of your past and raise you up to a fresh start. Spiritually speaking, a place called home. So as I close, probably in the next 47 to 48 minutes, I will complete my close. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. You, I thought you were just going to get up and walk out. Why don't we just take a moment of reflection? Whether you're online or in person right now, could you just bow your head and close your eyes? You're just so loved, you know? You're just so known. He's the good shepherd. He would pay any price. He would bear any burden for you. So everything that he needed to do, he accomplished through his death and resurrection. So the next step is yours. If today is the day that you say, yes, Jesus, I want to come home with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. If that's you, whether you're online or in person right now, can you raise your hand right now? Because I want to pray with you right now. Nice and high if you don't mind. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. If your hands are up, you can put them down right now. For those of you who raised your hands either online or in person, I'm gonna pray out loud and I just invite you to pray quietly along with me. So dear Jesus, thank you. I, 
first of all pray, Jesus, that you would just give me an inkling of how much you love me. For everybody in here, for everybody watching online, I pray that, God. That everyone would know, would take hold of that truth. I am the one that he left the 99 for and never forget it. And Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross. You came down and you reached me where I was at. And so I pray that you would be my savior. Give me a fresh start right now. And Jesus, I'm so thankful that you rose again. I pray that through your resurrection, you would give me the strength to follow you, to be the person I was created to be, to live the life that I was supposed to live, today, tomorrow, and forever. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate, church. Two more things. Number one, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, whether you're online or in person, do something really, really brave for me. Just text the keyword LIFE, L-I-F-E to 604-670-3040. I almost forgot the phone number. Wow. I've only said it a million times in my life. Uh, oh, yeah, text that, LIFE, to that number. We just want to support you and cheer you on. That's kind of what the Christian life is. We become a spiritual family, you know? Secondly, January 9th, we're going to assemble again. So whether you're online, watching, set it in your calendar. Be back here online. If you're in person, be back here January 9th. I want to tell you why. January 9th, I am so, so incredibly excited. I want to start a series called Five. It's a five, I thought of the title myself. It's five weeks long and I called it five, okay? But here's my theory. I think 2022 can be amazing, amazing. But I think we all realized over the last couple years we can't be waiting for stuff out here in the world to all settle the right way. We can't wait for every circumstance to work itself out. So I think we're gonna do five weeks and I wanna give you a way that together we can work on in here, in here. And make this, honestly, best year ever. January what? 9th, you're gonna be there. You might want to have a cookie. I have no idea whether they're good or not, but you can try one. I love you guys a lot. Merry Christmas. You can stand up. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.